You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Morning Breath. That beat just comes in so sweetly. Well done on that, Nick. I'm pretty sure you had something to do with that. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day you happen to find it. It might be called Morning Breath, but... At the end of the day, uh, the Word of God is active and living and able to change and challenge and sharpen us at all times. So I'm happy to be here with you. My name is Chris Johnson. I am a a servant of Jesus here at East Coast Christian Center, and I'm filling in for our beloved host, Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. And I'm really excited about the program today, not just because we get to share a, a time of fellowship and God's Word together, but I'm here with some great and trusted coworkers, friends fellow ministers of the gospel of Jesus. And so I want to say good morning and welcome to them as they help me do the program today. First, hello, Shanna Langston. How are you today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Glad to have you. For those of you who don't know, Shanna's been on the show a few times, uh, but Shanna heads up our worship ministry over in our Vieira campus, as well as our mezzanine uh, young adult church service and is a phenomenal uh, communicator of God's word, leader, worship leader, songwriter, all the things. And I'm excited to have her in the program with us today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And we got Nick over here running the switches, making all the magic happen. Uh, and I know we don't like to believe in magic. This this not real magic. This just, <laughs> It's just the awesomeness happening. So, uh, Nick, how are you today, man? I'm doing well. Wonderful. It's great to see you. Thank you for your help with the program today. Yeah. Uh, morning breath is basically a devotion. And I love the word devotion. You know, that word can sometimes go like, if, it can feel a little bit routine to us. But the word devotion is a romantic word. It's a word about passion. And when you're devoted to someone or something, you pour your heart and life and and love into it. And we want to devote ourselves to Jesus and to his words. And that's why we do this program. We take one chapter from Scripture. We read it at night and read it in the morning. And then we show up in the studio and we share what the Holy Spirit has really illuminated in us, the breath of God, the the Ruach. That's why we got the name Morning Breath. And so uh, we're hopefully going to share on what God has breathed on for us. And I'm looking forward to that. Shanna is also going to let you know how to connect with us as a ministry, as a Morning Breath show, and as a church. Yes. If you want to get connected, you can find us on East Coast app or eccc.us. That's eccc.us for more info, events, past sermons, and Morning Breath episodes. You can also find us at East Coast Christian Center on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and Spotify, East Coast Worship, and Mezzanine Worship. That's right. We're doing stuff. It's awesome. You can also call our office at 321-452-1060, and we we will email and mail you with more information about East Coast. And another note is that all of our campuses are open. Come so come back to church. You can yes. come with us in the same room and be live with us. And it's incredible. Yes, that's so great. And Shanna, you kind of uh, alluded to some really cool things that we've been able to do in the last year with sharing the songs God has given us for the house. Can you share a little bit about maybe some of the songs that have come out recently on the mezzanine and the East Coast worship stuff? Absolutely. Just recently, you know, the Lord has put this group of young adults together who are talented and passionate about getting the word of Jesus out to young adults. And so we've been just gearing out some songs and we go into our main campus and record them live and we just put them out on Spotify just to see what the Lord does with them. And it's a really cool experience. I love it. And the most recent one was one written by Sarah Hollis and a few others. Is that right? Yeah. So Sarah Hollis has one. Killian Horn has another. I wrote one. And then we have Caitlin Thompson who wrote the last one and re-released that. Beautiful. Yes. That's so exciting. And so if you guys are looking for, you know, music to add to your devotion time as you worship God, go check us out on Spotify, Mezzanine Worship. East Coast Worship, 
couple songs there for you to listen to. And uh, we're going to get right into the chapter now. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 8. We're going to read the word aloud and then um, basically just have a devotion uh, and a discussion over that chapter in just a moment. But I'm going to have Shanna read first for us. What translation are you reading for us today? NLT. NLT. All right, perfect. I will get you started and I'll pick up the second half of the chapter in the New King James. And uh, I will say unto you, read, ma'am. Got it. Israel requests a king. As Samuel grew old, he anointed his sons to be judges over Israel. Joel and Abijah, his oldest son, held court of Beersheba, but they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, the elders of Israel met at Ramah. Ramaha to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge others like all the other nations have. Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They do not want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods, and now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. So Samuel passed on the Lord's warning to the people who were asking for a king. This is how a king will reign over you, Samuel said. The king will draft your sons and assign them to his chariots and his charioteers making them run before his chariots. Verse 12, He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties, and will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers, and he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and his servants. And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys, and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep, and you will be his servants. And you will cry out in that day because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, Every man go to his city. Amen. Wow. Uh, what a chapter. I would love to kick it over to you first, Shanna. I'm, sh- I'm sure some things stuck out to you. We kind of even started to chat a little bit about it before the program because just exciting to hear the voice of God and say, wow, there's things to be learned here. So what stuck yes. out to you? So I think the first thing that stuck out to me was just be careful what you ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you added because God might give it to you. I think sometimes we have the tendency to be like, oh, this is what I need. This is where my life is going. And we plan out everything. And God's like, uh, okay. I mean, and we make these plans and we think that this is right for us, but it's not always where God is leading us at that moment. Yeah. And these people are asking like, we need a king because we want to be like other nations. Yep. Um, but they were meant to be set apart and to look different Come than on. the world just as we are. Um, and so 
when they're asking for a king because they want to look like other nations, um, that's actually not what God wanted for the people. And so they're actually going against what God had intended for that moment, not forever, because he had plans for them to have a king later on. That's right. But not in their own timing. And this is them stretching for their own timing against what God's timing was for them. I love that you shared that. Um, I'm sure that you can maybe even think of instances in your life, and I can think of some in mine where I have said, oh, this is what I want. I want it now. I want, you know, there's a song about it. And, uh, and you get what you want, and then it's find, you find out it's not what you wanted. I remember a time when I just wanted to have this relationship romantically with, with the young lady in our youth group, and I was, you know, super just infatuated, and I just wanted her to be my girlfriend. And, you know, I, I worked really hard to have what I wanted. And wouldn't you know, that thing blew up in my face. Mm-hmm. I got what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to cost me. I knew that there was heavy risk and that I even knew that this wasn't God's will for me, that I was making it happen instead of trusting him to make it happen. And man, it blew up my heart into a thousand little broken pieces. Yep. Um, and it cost me so much time. Uh, it, it took me a long time to heal from the way that it all ended was so cruel and you know, I was, I was definitely a, a human punching bag. My heart was a little punching bag at the end of that. And, I, and that's just one example. I can tell you many. A time when I wanted a car so bad and the thing was a piece of junk and I just couldn't wait on the Lord and do it His way. And, you know, I think it's important that we need to be careful what we're asked for and also be mindful of what we're asking for and be wise about what we ask for. Because yeah. God is good enough. He is so sovereign and supremely powerful, but He is also tender. And he does not want you to, to he, the, the Bible says he loves free will offerings. He doesn't want us to be constrained or, or robotic or programmed like a puppet. If this is what we want, even though he's loving enough to say, I'm warning you, this isn't my best, this isn't my way, but I'm going to give you the ability to choose. Yeah. And man, I've gotten things that were just no good in the end. Well, that was his intent from the beginning of time. Yeah. That's why Adam and Eve were able to choose. That's right. Because he wanted family not slaves. Come on. And so he still allows us to do that today. I love that. And you know, in this chapter, you said it, Shanna, that God actually wanted a king for them, Mm -hmm. but not for this reason and not in this season. Yes. And so we have to examine the reason and the season for our asking of things. Because one, if you look in Genesis 49, there's a prophecy. I love that you said this. It says in Genesis 49, this is a prophetic word Jacob called his sons together and gave over the nation of Israel. And he said in Genesis 49, 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people. This is a prophetic word that there will be kings to rule until King Jesus comes. Mm-hmm. But see, God hadn't set it up yet. Right now, God was their king. They actually already had one king. His name was God, Jehovah, the king of all kings. And they didn't want his rule because they wanted the image of what they thought a king should look like, because they wanted to be like everybody else, look like everybody else. And now we not only have a king in the wrong season, but we have a king for the wrong reason. I want to be like the other nations. We want Mm -hmm. to look like them. We want to copy them. And how many times are we keeping up with the Joneses because we want to have the same type of things that other people are having? And I love that you said the word set apart, Shannon. It reminded me of my favorite verse in scripture, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation. Yep a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people set apart to declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. See, there is a set-apartness when your king is God. See, everybody else had a man-made king and Israel had a heavenly king. 
but that wasn't good enough for them. And so for the wrong reason, they asked for this to happen. And you know, we've all asked for things for the wrong reasons and in the wrong seasons, and it hasn't paid off. You know what I was thinking about? I was like, oh, that would be cool, like, to live in a world where God is your king. And then I was like, oh, shoot, that's oh, shoot, us. that's us right now. <laughs> that's us. Like, God is our king right yes. now. And that's really cool because I think about how many times I get tripped up when I act like he's not. Wow. Come on. I get so tripped up when I actually look like the other nations, like other people, like the world, making other things my king, like they were asking, and it trips me up bad. Every single time. And, you know, when we look at this chapter, I love the way that, you know, a king represents authority, right? This is ultimate authority. And this chapter has a lot of lessons for us in our life about how we respond to and relate to and carry the responsibility of authority. And so, Um, One of the things that stuck out to me in the chapter is just leadership lessons and leadership pain. A lot of that happens in this chapter. And interestingly, it says, now it came to pass when Samuel was old. Uh, That stuck out to me right out of the gate. You know, I'm not old yet, but I'm not far from the age that Samuel was in this chapter. Scholars believe he was between 55 and 65 years old. So I'm looking at, you know, 15 to 25 years from now, this will be me. And what am I doing today? to set up the next generation of my natural sons and daughters That's good. and of my spiritual sons and daughters so that when my time is coming to pass things on, just like we just experienced as a church, Pastor Dan carried the, the, the authority of this church for three decades and then prepared well to be a life-giving church that lasted mm-hmm. to hand it over to the next generation, which happened to be his son. And he's doing an amazing job as our lead pastor, and I'm so grateful for the health and the integrity and the wisdom in that, in that uh, transition. Um, but here's Samuel. I honestly think, I mean, he was a godly guy in scripture, but all leaders make mistakes. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. We all do. And I actually think my opinion is, and I don't know that, you know, I can back this up, so I'm, I'm sharing a little bit of my opinion here, but when he made his sons judges, I don't know that that was actually the wisest decision. I'm just going to entertain the thought that it might not have been the best call here. Because what happens is these guys aren't godly. They're making bad decisions. They're being corrupt. They're basically corrupt politicians. So that's been around for a long time, hasn't it? And the elders come together and they say, this isn't good. They're not following in your ways. Now, our solution to your problem is an ungodly one. So they're answering, you know, a bad decision with another bad decision. But uh, in this situation, Samuel makes a mistake in leading. And now all the people are just wanting to throw him out. Basically, these are his appointed leaders. And I think it's important. Even if the leader over you isn't doing a good job or making mistakes, um, how you respond to that authority is important. These were appointed by Samuel, who was in charge. And they said, nah, man, we're, we're done with that. And not only are we done with that, but we're done with you. Because they basically come to him and they say, you're old. So they disqualify his leadership mm-hmm. and your sons are not like you. So now we're going to take things in our own hands. We're going to ask for a king because we're, we're tired of this situation. And I... I really think authority is one of the most important foundational things in our lives. One of my favorite quotes is Ed Young said this, you have to get under what God has put over you so that you can be over what God has put under you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God will appoint leaders over you that don't do a a perfect job or even a good job. And in that situation, if, if Romans 13 is true and all leadership is established by God, then can I submit to these leaders as unto God, establishing that role and that positional authority, even if they're their, their integrity or their decisions aren't perfect. Can I, can I honor that as, as I'm honoring the Lord? And um, it's so important because we walk in authority as we are submitted to it. 
And sure enough, man, everything goes south from here. And the other thing I thought about here, and I want to kick it back to you, Shanna, is um, I felt the Lord's compassion in verse 7. If you're a leader, and Shanna, you're a leader, you feel this. When there's dysfunction in your team or the, the thing that you're leading, whether that's a worship team or you know, a leadership team or a family, because I have a wife and four children. I'm leading a family. You have a, a husband and a, a little pup named Stella, you're, yeah. <laughs> right? You're leading together with Logan. Um, when there's a failure as a leader, you instantly go, what am I doing wrong? Why am, why am I failing? Why am I yep. stinking at life? What's yes. wrong with me? That, you know, and I'm sure Samuel felt that. Like, why are my sons doing this? Why is my nation falling apart? Why is my family falling apart? Mm-hmm. And I love the compassion of the Lord, and I think every leader needs to see this, that God sympathizes with Samuel and then props him back up. And the Lord said to Samuel, verse 7, Heed the voice of the people in all they say to you, for they have not rejected you. They rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And, uh, you know, God basically sympathizes. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4 that we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with us in our weakness. See, when you're in pain as a leader, your kids go astray, there's dysfunction or, or something isn't working well, or you're not achieving the results in your company or in whatever that is, God uh, will come alongside you and say, I know how painful it is to be in charge. Don't take all this on yourself. In fact, this isn't you they're rejecting. They're rejecting me. This is a them issue, not a you issue. Now, that doesn't absolve us as leaders from asking the Lord, what can I do to lead better? Because I really feel like if Samuel would have got on his knees and asked the Lord about these two sons being judges, he probably would have heard that probably wasn't the right call. Let's learn from that mistake and do better. But I love God's compassion to leaders in this chapter to Samuel to say, hey, man, pick your head up. It's not you. They've always done this. They're, they're rejecting me. And so I'm thankful that God is compassionate when we're having pain to actually sympathize and carry that with us. Oh, yeah, me too. I saw the same sympathy in seven. I was actually going to point that out. So nice. it's funny. But I think the ironic thing about talking about leadership in this chapter is that right following right after this chapter is when Samuel meets Saul. Yes. And Saul and David are the greatest example of serving bad leadership. Yep. And so I think talking about that within this is really, really good um, because it is possible to serve bad leaders if we keep our eyes set on the the road that God has put before right. us, especially when there's big promises. Like King David was promised to be king, but thrown back into the, the field to take care yes. of the sheep. Um, and so I think no matter where we are in life, Um, We can hold on to the promises that God has given us, and no matter who is leading us, we can serve them well. I love that. Um, Just wanted to add that onto what you were saying. But another thing that I wanted to talk about was um, in this chapter, um, in verse uh, 8, it says, Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me Mm. and followed other gods, and now they're giving you the same treatment. My question is, what in life are we striving to serve and um, to worship that is taking from us? It's a good question. So these people were, were asking, like, we, we need a, a king. We need a king. And then Samuel was sitting here saying, like, this is how a king is going to treat you. And a lot of times we hand over our servitude to something that will serve us wrongly 
Yeah. All the time. Yep. Like instead of worshiping God, we'll worship our phones and we'll be on it constantly. And then how many of us are on there for hours and then we get off and then we're in a bad mood. Yes. The whole day is wasted. We're not productive. Um, we feel isolated. There's so many things, alcohol, drugs, people, success, um, success, work, yes, yes, all these things that were like, oh, this is what I need. And then we end up serving it and then it takes from us instead yeah. of giving. Yeah. Um, it, how many times will it rain over us? How many times will it take our family from us or force us to do things we don't want to do just as Samuel is warning the people of Israel that mm. a king would do out of timing of God's timing? I love that you shared that, Shanna. C.S. Lewis said that idols always break the hearts of their worshipers. Mm. We can make an idol or a false um, sense of trust and worship out of anyone and anything that is not in its rightful place. And that's why we have to continue to exalt God and put him in his rightful place. And, you know, he's got to rule as king on the throne of our hearts. And if something else starts to be the king of our thoughts and our affections and desires and devotions and time and treasures and money, then obviously we got to dethrone something, right? And I think it's so important. It takes me back to Jeremiah 1.3, what you shared. You know, all those things and pursuits are good, but they cannot ever displace or replace God's priority. In Jeremiah 1.3, God says, My people have committed two evils. One, they have dug wells for themselves, which cannot hold water. Uh, excuse me. Number one, he says, they've forsaken me, the source of living water. That's the first mistake. Two, they've dug themselves wells that cannot hold water. In Jeremiah 1.3, the first step was walking away from looking to God yep. as their source, as their king. Now, oh, there's a void. Well, let's fill it with something really foolish. Let's get our own human king to look like all the rest of the nations. And we see how terrible of a king Saul was, yeah. how wicked he was, how, you know, how just because he was handsome and head and shoulders above the rest of the kings did not qualify him to run their lives. In fact, like, I love what you said, you know, in this warning that Samuel gives, when you ask for this, it's going to take so many things from you mm -hmm. and take your kids, going to take your treasure going to take your livestock, a 10th of your grain, a 10th of your wine, all of this stuff going to cost you. And so to me, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up, I don't know how much time exactly we have left, but we are, yeah, so well, perfect. There's the time. We got about 30 seconds. Um, we're going to come back and we're going to pray into this because truth be told, whether it's our phone, our family, a certain situation, a human, um, our finances, our achievement, our home, our retirement package, we can put our trust in so many things that are going to end up taking from us. Yep. But when you put your trust in Jesus, he is the giver of life. Yes. And he has wants he doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. Now, when you give your life in exchange, Jesus said, if we lose it, we'll find it. And so we're going to come back. We're going to pray. I'm going to have Shanna host a moment of prayer. So stay tuned for the end of Morning Breath. You are listening to the Morning Breath podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us.
Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Welcome back to the program. It's been a joy to study God's Word together today, and I would love to just close out and have Shanna pray over us over the things God revealed in this chapter that are applicable to our lives today. So Shanna, could you pray for us? Absolutely. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for anyone under the sound of my voice right now. I thank you that you are strengthening them. I thank you that you will bless them and their families and their generations to come right now. I thank you that if anyone is dealing with leadership problems, whether they're in leadership or they're under leadership or they don't know where to go or where to turn for leadership advice right now, that you would give them avenues to strengthen them, to encourage them, to give them wisdom right now to lead the people that they are leading 
building um, and to serve the people that they are serving um, so well. And I thank you that you are renewing their strength yes, as God. they hear from you, as they wait on you, um, and that they will not grow weary from doing good. And also right now, I just feel led to pray for someone waiting for a promise, that that promise is coming to you. Um, if you just wait and pray and seek the Lord, um, thank you. Big, big things are going to happen for you. I mm. just know it. And uh, the Lord loves you. And uh, we just praise your name. Thank you, and Jesus. In your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. What a word. Come on. Hey, have a blessed day, everybody. Thanks again. Shanna, thank you so much for your help today. Thank you so much. See you all later. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.